you know you only have one life so Mm -hmm. you kind of well I at least want to make the most of it and to me that's not just following blindly the path that lots of other people seem to take even when they're miserable that was Maddie Lawson in our conversation for this, the final episode of season one of Create Shift. Yay! Celebration over here. I'm really happy to have made it to the end of the first season and to have put out what I wanted to put out. And hopefully you have found the conversations enjoyable, informative, inspirational and useful wherever you are on, on your journey to making the changes that you want to make in your life. Um... If you've been listening since the very start, thank you very much. I'm very grateful to have all listeners, um, those from the beginning and new ones joining. Thank you so much for listening and giving me your time. So uh, this was actually the first conversation I recorded for this season. So it feels like forever ago now. And uh, listening back to it when I was editing it, the only thing that sprung to mind to call it was a slow living manifesto. And that is because we cover so many aspects of slow living, what it means, what it's often taken to mean, um, but what it really means. Um, Sounds cryptic, doesn't it? I I kind of mean, we talk about how it's often represented, especially on visual platforms such as Instagram or Pinterest, and we talk about the difference between that and what it can really feel like to be in and to live in. We talk about the challenges that we are faced with when making changes for a slower, simpler life, and we talk about kind of how the world needs to change to embrace slow living and how at the moment it's definitely not the mainstream thing and yeah I really um, think it, it does just present a nice kind of manifesto to take and to consider when you're thinking about making changes to be slower and simpler so let's dive into the episode I really hope you enjoy it and Thank you so much for listening to season one of Create Shift. Welcome to Create Shift, a podcast to support, encourage and inspire you to live your most purposeful and holistic life. I'm your host, Ellen of Being Change. I'm a yoga teacher, writer and purposeful and holistic living advocate based in Manchester, UK. Thank you so much for joining me on this adventure. So, hi Maddie. Um, thank you for coming on the show. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Um, so, I thought maybe just to get started, if you could give a quick introduction um, to yourself and like, you know, who you are, what you do, just for anyone who doesn't know you. Sure. Um, so, I'm Maddie. I run a blog called A Slow Adventure um, and the Instagram account that goes with it. I also run Slow Living Retreats. Um, yeah, as, as you might have guessed from the name, it's uh, everything is slow living themed. Um, and I live sometimes in a tent in Hampshire um, where my husband and I help to run um, Wrigley Tin Shepherd's Huts. Um, yeah, that's about it. Um, where are you now? I'm at home in Banbury. You're at home. Okay. So, we split our time between between Oxfordshire and Hampshire yeah and I guess is it because it's coming into winter now is it yes like, so the the season at the huts finishes yeah. at the end of this month um so we're kind of easing off a bit I get to spend a bit more time at home now 
Hmm, nice. Well, it's nice and warm. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> um, so you just ran um, your first slow living retreat, didn't you? Um, yes. And it looks amazing. I've been looking at all the pictures. It looked like it was great. <laughs> um, could you maybe just talk a little bit more about that and what that was and what kind of your intention was behind it? Sure. Um, so I actually just published a blog post about this uh, yeah, uh, today, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone wants like further details after I finish talking, they can, they can read about it there. Mm-hmm. But the, um, the gist is that I... I don't know, for a couple of years ago, I kind of started to feel like um, I didn't meet people who were like me or kind of interested in the things that I like, um, Mm -hmm. kind of nature and spending time outdoors and slowing down and not not doing the kind of the normal nine to five. Um, You know, I wasn't interested in office jobs and going out clubbing and all the things that kind of it seems like we're told to do um, by kind of the media or, or mainstream sources of any kind. Um, so I joined Instagram and I kind of thought, oh, I'm not sure how this is going to go. Like, what, you know, what are my friends and family going to stay by me making like, this kind of public account where I'm trying to basically recruit friends? <laughs> um, and um, anyway, I think a lot of people worry about that when they, when they start. Um, mm. Anyway, so I started and I just met. I've met so many people over the past kind of 18 months or so. I've met so many people who say, yes, I feel like that as well. Um, And I've realized that there are people out there Mm. and they're all looking for this kind of connection. I think we've got so sort of bogged down with technology and the digital world that actually people are, there's almost kind of not a backlash, but people are kind of, it's kind of come full cycle. And now people are sort of looking to take their relationships back offline. Yeah. Um, and so I really wanted to create a place where the people that I'd met and, and other people, um, could kind of come and experience life the way I think it should be experienced. (laughs) Um, that sounds like a weird cult, like (laughs) I don't mean it like that, but you know, experience the side of it that I think is important. Um, Mm. and that so many other people seem to think is important too. Mm. Um, and just kind of get together and share stories and experiences and, and make friends really, but in a, in a kind of context that allows them to spend time in nature and and experience the seasons and good food and all all those good things in life it's kind of like the innate human stuff you know it's how I see it it's like being outside like humans you know for so long we're always living outside and around the fire and and it's just that stuff that naturally sort of feeds us yeah there definitely is kind of so there are certain things in life that are kind of the, the primordial basic things yeah. that everyone feels drawn to you know you can see it when people sit around a campfire they all kind of stare at it mm. <laughs> and I'm sure there's some kind of deep-seated reason why we all find it so interesting it is just one of those things we need to survive and and yeah it's, it sort of feels like a natural thing yeah yeah and that that in-person connection as well like you know, because the online space can be great for connection. Like like you said, it's how you got started sort of meeting those like-minded people. But you're right, there is then that kind of urge to take it offline and yeah. see a real person. And kind of, it, it's different. It's a different sort of connection, I find. Yeah, I think, I think there's kind of a limit almost to how much you can develop a relationship online. You know, it's kind of, there's mm. always that barrier of the screen. You can't really read people's body language or, mm. I don't know, really know what's going on in their heads. So it's kind of there is a point at which you kind of you you develop some kind of relationship but it's not 
you, you can't necessarily call it friendship that sort of mm. you feel you feel like your friends but then you realize maybe you don't even really know what they look like you have a vague idea <laughs> but you know some people don't share their face a lot online I I don't really like to like I pop up every now and again but yeah I have people that I would you know kind of I talk to every day but actually I have no idea really what they look like and I think there's a kind of an old school set of people who'd be like, well, how do you know they're not weird stalkers or murderers? <laughs> but they're just not. Like, yeah. you, just, you, learn to, you learn to know that they're just not. Um, um, but, but, they, but you don't know what they look like. And, and it's nice to meet those people in real life. And actually, I always find that people are exactly how they come across online. You know, mm. the people that I'm drawn to online and the people that seem to share really honest versions of themselves that they are really like that and I've never met anyone who I didn't kind of instantly know I would become friends with (laughs) yeah that's lovely um so at your retreat you had kind of different activities activities sounds so like summer campish but you had different things didn't you (laughs) know what you mean yeah you know what I mean um and (laughs) you you said creativity was kind of a central um aspect uh, yeah wasn't it um is that sort of is creativity something that you see as part of that sort of innate humanness or as part of living a slower life I think it is I think it's something I think I value it so much because it's something that people don't make time for Mm. so in terms of kind of slowing down it's some it's kind of the thing that immediately jumps out at me as something to nurture because Mm. you know people are always so busy with work um, that it's kind of get up, eat, go to work, come home, sleep, go, you know, eat, go to sleep. Yeah, maybe stare um, at a social media app for a few hours. Yeah, or Netflix yeah, or something. Yeah. And people just sort of, I think they're too tired almost to make mm. the time to try and find a hobby or some kind of outlet that isn't screen-based. So mm. people just come home and they're just like, uh, and they just want to escape, but they just veg out in front of the TV or yeah whatever you know maybe if you're if you're really well behaved you'll grab a book (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm very glad of that me too and like as you were saying all of that I was like it's so familiar and I consider myself a creative person I've always written and like even today I was thinking about how I I really need to force myself to make more time to write and create just for me and it's so easy to just put Netflix on exactly it it really is I, I do it too um and so it was, yeah, the creativity thing kind of really popped out at me as something that people would be interested in exploring more mm. because it would be a weekend that would allow them kind of guilt-free time to mm. indulge in learning something and kind of expressing themselves in, through whatever workshop it was. Um, you know, we had aromatherapy, we had uh, floral crown and wreath making, we had creative writing cookery lots lots of things mm. so kind of the, I tried to have like a, a spectrum that lots of different people would be interested in um but it is it, yeah it is really something that people just don't make time for yeah yeah um it's interesting as well you use the word a guilt-free weekend yes actually I just thought that was something I wanted to say more about <laughs> go on then <laughs> um, just just I think it's really bad that people do feel guilty about it but they do mm. I do um, and I think that is the reason why I don't pick up a book because if I put on Netflix or something, I can do something else at the same time. I can clean or I can <laughs> yeah. do the things that I feel like I should and that I have to and that sadly grown up people do have to do to keep their, you know, yeah. lives going. Um, but I, or I can like text a friend or I can, you know, stay in touch with people in, in some way. I can, I can multitask. Yeah. Whereas when you pick up a book, you, you can't. Or when you sit down to paint, you can't. 
really. Yeah. I mean, you could sort of listen to a podcast at the same time or something, but that's about as far as it goes. You know, you need your hands, you need your brain, mm. you need everything to engage with that one task. And that's what's valuable about it is that it does switch you off from everything and it does take all your focus. Mm. Um, but, but it's a vicious cycle. People need that, I think, but they, they, they can't prioritize the time for it because they always feel like there's something else that they should be doing. Yeah. So I wanted to take people out of it because, you know, people have paid to be at this weekend. They've, they've basically paid to have the time to do these things, which is sad, but it's true <laughs> that it's what's needed right now to yeah. get people engaged in these things. Yeah, I think you're definitely right. Like, and it, because it, it's hard and I think we're, we're in a, in a time and in a society where multitasking has been like really glorified. I hate it. I used to have multitasking on my CV as like a skill that I was really good at. Yes. I can take yeah. it off now. <laughs> um, and that when you, so if you're not doing multiple things at once, you, you just, you feel bad. Um, yeah. So I think you're right. It's like when people put money into something, it then sort of makes them invest in that, you know, they've invested yeah. financially. So it, it, it helps, I guess. Yeah. That then people to invest their whole selves in that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I just think it's a real shame that we have, yeah. we have to, we've come to that, we've come to that stage, but it's exactly the same for me. You know, if I, if I really want to learn something, I'll always pay for a course or, you know, I'll, I'll, I will invest myself in it somehow beyond just saying, oh, I'm going to do this mm. because I know that if I just say, I'm going to learn to crochet or whatever, I, I won't do it because I'll just come home and I was like, oh, the washing up needs doing, or, yeah. you know, I should do, you know, something something else that is more allegedly important mm. so if anybody's listening to this podcast right now and they're doing the cleaning we, we're both stop. giving you permission to stop <laughs> yeah um and just sit down and maybe have a cup of tea you can have a cup of tea if you want but um just listen um yeah yeah so um could you tell us a little bit more about kind of how you got to this um, sort of philosophy of, of slow living and, and this approach to, to life that you have now, what your journey was to that? Um, I think it's kind of always been part of my personality. That mm. that sounds a bit weird, I suppose, but no. <laughs> um, I, I guess some people are always more drawn to certain ways of doing things than others. Mm-hmm. And for me, I've always kind of felt that there's no point doing something unless you're going to do it properly. Mm. And for me, that has kind of always translated to it taking me a really long time and being like, right, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to work this out, I'm going to, I'm going to do every stage of it. And, and it, it, a lot of it is tied into me being a massive perfectionist, which is something I'm very much trying to change. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's kind of all intertwined. And so I think that's always been a part of my personality. But then going through school and going through university you're kind of always told that, you know, you get the right marks and you'll get a good job. You know, you'll, you, 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 you tick all the boxes and mm-hmm. everything's going to work out for you. It's all going to be amazing. And then to a certain point for me, it was. And then um, I did a master's in Edinburgh and I absolutely hated it. So I'd always been someone who'd sort of got good grades and been successful and, <clears throat> excuse me, been told that um, I was going places and and suddenly, like, I, was, I wasn't getting the grades anymore and I didn't really understand the course and it just, it wasn't the right thing mm. for me and it had a really bad impact on my self-esteem and kind of, I realized that I completely measured my self-worth by, through achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that put me in a really bad place kind of in terms of my mental health. Like, I just wasn't, I wasn't in a good place. And um, that 
sort of caused me to take a step back, I guess, and reassess what I wanted out of life. And I went through a kind of a period of doing different jobs and I, I dropped out of the course in the end. And, and then I, I sort of went on to do a bit of this and a bit of that and um, nothing was doing it for me. And I kind of reached a point where I thought, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm a freak. Like, you know, all these other people get <laughs> yeah. through life fine. They get a job, they do it even if they don't like it. Like, obviously that's what I'm supposed to do. And I thought, I don't want to do that. And I was like, how do I, how do I, um, what's the word, uh, align these two things? Mm. Like, how, how do I make that work? How do I just accept a situation that I'm not happy with? And, and is that genuinely what everyone else is doing? Yeah. So I don't know, I think I just got, got to a point where I really started thinking about the, the purpose of life. Like, that sounds very, very over deep, deep yeah. and meaningful <laughs> and dramatic, but you know, I was kind of thinking, what's the point? Like, if I just have to go through life doing certain things because that's what I'm told I have to do, what, what you, know, you only have one life, so mm -hmm. you kind of, well, I at least want to make the most of it. And to me, that's not just following blindly the path that lots of other people seem to take, even when they're miserable. So I guess that's it. I just came to the idea of, of I sort of embraced that side of my personality that slows down and does the the kind of wholehearted proper thing and and just step back and try to work out what I wanted and that that ended up translating to basically every aspect of my life where I I just realized that I had if I wanted things to be the way I wanted them I had to just go back to the start with you know things like my career or my relationships or you know, even my wardrobe or my, the food that I eat, like it, it just yeah. kind of, I realized that it was sort of a holistic whole package. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, <laughs> sorry, that was very rambly. No, no, it was, it was, it was great. And it's, it, I was just, I'm like, I'm nodding along. You can't see me, but I'm nodding along. <laughs> um, cause it's just like a lot of it resonates with me and kind of where I've been in my life and on my journey in the past few years is just, you know, almost exactly the same kind of been doing mm -hmm. any old job that I wasn't enjoying and just questioning everything. And it's, I don't know if you found the same, um, when you start questioning one thing, you know, it's like you just said, it's sort of, it's like you're pulling at a thread and everything starts Absolutely. to unravel. Absolutely. The unraveling was the word that just came to my brain as well. <laughs> it is, it just, it kind of shakes you to your core really. Mm. Mm, uh, as soon as you you question one thing you know like why do I do this just because I, everyone else yes. does then there's another thing and it's like it can be a bit a bit tiring in a way <laughs> it is tiring and it's also kind of upsetting I think mm. um not not in a sort of it makes me sad way but in a in a it makes you feel quite vulnerable I think and quite um you don't really know why you were doing these things mm -hmm. and then you sort of it's kind of like waking up I think and you kind mm -hmm. of look around you and suddenly the world doesn't look the same anymore mm -hmm. and and yet people are carrying on as if it as if it is and you realize that not everyone thinks this way and that that's why it kind of struck me that maybe there was something sort of wrong with me mm -hmm. because because there were so many other people just carrying on and doing what I didn't want to do and I'd say to them but you know you don't really like your job so how is it okay and they're like well that's just life yeah and I didn't want that to be my life <laughs> I know and that's why I think it's so important that people like you and and so many people that I I follow online on Instagram and stuff sort of talk about that about mm. how they've made changes and, and yeah. why and so that we can see that 
there is another way and so that people who are in that position like friends who you talk to and say well that's just how it is realize it doesn't have to be because it is sad yeah Um, I've talked to people about it before and I partly wonder if there are just two types of people like the people who kind of question and overthink everything (laughs) and the people who just don't (laughs) like I I don't know I was talking to my husband about it the other day and I just asked him if you know do you think there are just people who are happy with less in the sense of just not wanting they don't need everything to be perfect they just they have a job and they just do it and it doesn't matter if they like it or not because on the weekend they can do what they want or I, I don't know but I just wonder if there are sort of two types of people who some people are fine with that and some people have to go a lot deeper mm. and when they get to that point they realize that they're going to be miserable unless they're doing like the dream thing and mm. they won't stop until they are maybe I think I think for me it's like it's less about perfection or needing sort of life to be perfect and fit into this perfect uh mold than it is about happiness and and contentment Mm -hmm. yes Um, I I, I totally agree on on that score but for me I think they're kind of the same (laughs) I'm not sure what perfection and and uh, not perfection necessarily but knowing that at this moment in time I'm doing the thing that I really want to be doing yeah yeah. And like acknowledging that that might change. Um, Cause I think that's dangerous too, is to kind of pin all your hopes on this yeah. one thing you have to get to. And then you kind of get there and you think, Oh, now what? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but yeah, for me, it's kind of being, being happy or being content, which I think is the perfect word. I think it's better than happy. It's, it's, mm. I talked to Fiona Barrios about this too. Um, when we talked on her podcast um, and content just sums it all up. It's just, mm not being delighted or euphoric but it's feeling joy from your situation I guess yeah even kind if of that's, steady that's it yeah steady that's nice yeah um yeah even if that's just having a cup of tea yeah and, and looking out exactly. the window um exactly I think it's tied in with a kind of concept of gratitude I guess and mm. feeling feeling yeah grateful for what for what you have in that in that moment mm. um and, and, and that concept to me is I think tied up with knowing that I am doing the thing that I really want to be doing. Yeah, and I think you're absolutely right to say that it's dangerous to pin, sort of, pin that down, pin that thing down into, well, this is now uh, mm-hmm. what I'm doing. Or I think in general, it's just kind of uh, not great to just put ourselves in molds um, and and think that we can't change. You know, just like yeah. put ourselves, in, I don't know if molds the right word, put ourselves in a box. You know, and say this mm-hmm. is this is me with my label. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it's all about just being open to to being able to to change daily if that's what yes what's happening um, I think there's a real um kind of taboo about the concept of change mm-hmm. and in terms of, especially in terms of career um a kind of a sense of fluidity yeah. is just sort of frowned upon I think yeah. and I think it goes back to the sort of the very stereotypical way of looking at um careers that maybe would have been applied to our parents generation or the one before mm-hmm. where it's like you get a job and then that's your job for life and you know you sort of work your way up the ladder yeah. um and then you become the boss um yeah. and and that's the aim you yeah. know it's just to get to the top of the ladder and then you retire and you get given one of those those clocks like a, those, like a clock <laughs> or a pen get, yeah or a pen yeah yeah. I, yeah and that's your that sums up you like the achievement of your life and like it didn't matter if you were miserable for 30 years or 40 years or however long yeah as long as you've got, got a pen. clock yeah <laughs> and now we're yeah. like we want more than the clocks and the pens <laughs> yeah exactly 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 that's what it all comes down to but yeah. but yeah going back to that I think the, that's sort of still the 
overarching concept that people apply to careers now. But even the word career, I think, is kind of, it doesn't apply yeah. to my life. I don't want yeah. a career. I don't have a career. I have work that I do. Um, I don't see it as this kind of thing that I'm making bigger and aspiring to and that people will judge me by. Mm. It's just the stuff that I do. Like, it's that basic. Mm. <laughs> um, and, and yeah, some of it, sometimes I get paid for. <laughs> and that's good. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> Lots good. of it, I don't. Yeah. And that's good too. I just make it work. You know, I do things because I love them. And that's a very privileged point of view. Not everyone can do that. Mm. Um, but then again, actually, it's not that privileged because I balance a lot of things. I have like half a day off a week. You know, I balance things between different jobs mm. to make sure that I can do other stuff that I enjoy that I don't get paid for because I think it's worthwhile Mm. yeah Um, yeah I think um one of the things I really resonated with when I I heard your episode on on Fiona Barris's podcast was when you were talking about um you used to work at a shop didn't you I don't mm -hmm. do you still do that do you still do that okay every Sunday every Sunday there you are in the it's a lifestyle shop yeah yes yeah um and I just thought that you just had such a down-to-earth approach to to working, just like just how it was kind of not this big flashy career thing, but just something that was integrated into your life and that fit in and that worked for you. Um, yeah. I just thought it was such a different and refreshing perspective because we do so often hear um, people talking about the amazing progress they've made in their career or judging people on how much money they're making, even within the online sphere of people doing their mm-hmm. own thing you get all Mm -hmm. these things about six-figure businesses and stuff so Mm -hmm. I mean I think it's um going back to that concept of um fluidity and change being frowned upon I think it's the same um you sort of I don't know it's this old school opinion that 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 is everything Mm. so going back into sort of towards the start of your um journey with integrating more of this stuff into your life and setting up your online accounts to find friends um Mm -hmm. and and everything just sort of making all the changes um how did you start I think because sometimes people can want to do this sort of thing um but starting it just seems so huge I literally put a post on Instagram saying hi I'm new here (laughs) (laughs) not those exact words but it was I kind of wrote about um I started my account and I wrote about how I sort of wanted to be a part of this online world. And I'd heard that it was a great place to meet like-minded people. And that for ages, I'd I'd had a personal Instagram account for years, a private one. And I'd kind of been, you know, lurking, (laughs) watching all these great relationships form and people say all these things. And I'd never been brave enough to really join in apart from like hitting like every now and again, um, or like writing, Oh, I love this. Or, you know, something really, non-committal yeah (laughs) um I'd never been brave enough so I just thought um one day um that I would just go for it and I I, yeah I just put myself out there and I didn't know what was going to happen I didn't know if anyone was going to respond to it or if people were going to be really like mean you know I don't know why they would have been mean but (laughs) yeah I think you just worry about that in life yeah and then I had so many replies from people being like welcome it's really nice to meet you like you know just join in and it was just instantly I felt at home and it's it's a really weird feeling to talk about that with kind of a computer and some online people that you've never met but I can just tell from the way they write things the way you know people are so expressive Mm. um 
with the words that they choose and the things that they say, you can tell that they're kind and honest and mm. yeah, interested in the same things as you. And and I just did instantly feel welcome and at home. And it, it just, I just wanted to post again and again. And I, <laughs> I did. I haven't stopped. <laughs> and did you start the your your Instagram account? Um, or when you transitioned it from just being your private one, did you start that at the same time as making changes in your life to have that reflect um, kind of your values and stuff more? I guess yes, in like a major way. Um, but I think it's probably the the lifestyle changes have been happening for a, a lot longer, but kind of maybe in a more gradual sense. And and like I said earlier, it kind of has always been the way that I've done things. Yeah. So and apart from like the big changes in my career, mm. the kind of home life things are sort of, it's kind of always been the way it is. Like I think there have been probably changes in terms of um, – I've been getting more and more interested in the kind of idea of sustainable living Mm -hmm. or ethical living over the past maybe five years. Um, So that's been a major shift for me in terms of how I buy my clothes or the things Mm -hmm. that are in my home. Um, You know, just things like cleaning products or beauty products or stuff like that. And I kind of want to have less, less stuff, fewer Mm -hmm. things. Um, And that's, that's been over the last couple of years, but really, I think the changes have been gradual, whereas the Instagram account was kind of more, boom, I'm doing this now. Right. That was more of a, I guess it sort of sounds like you were kind of embracing who you really were because you're saying this has been how you've been sort of your whole life. Yes. And then you were wanting to find other people who... Yes, know, I think it was like the thing. last piece of the puzzle, if you mm-hmm. like. I'd sort of, I had it, I'd had it with, with the whole career thing mm-hmm. um, and and work and jobs and... Um, I thought that I would tie that in, I think, with, with the idea of finding, um, to quote many people online, my right people. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit of a buzzword, that, isn't it? It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And when you, um, when you sort of moved away from this idea of having a career and kind of you went um, and worked in, in the shop and, and all of that, how did people in your life react to that? think that was what I was going to say earlier ah, when I forgot what I was going to say um was that that that's the bit that um you know when you can't kind of compare having this big shiny career mm. to maybe just doing the things that work for you maybe the things that work for you are things like working in a shop or a cafe yeah. or just little things that are simple and easy and and just enjoyable and just make you the money that you need mm. they don't have to be complicated or flashy yeah um, but that isn't the accepted way of thinking about it. I don't think it's always, you've got to fulfill your potential. You've got to climb the ladder. You've got to push yourself. And, and for me, you know, I went to a private girls school, um, by friends, family, teachers, whatever. I'm always, I've always been considered someone who, as I said before, is going places yeah, yeah. and apparently places don't include shops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I definitely get it when, when, um, I work in the same in Oxford in the same city that I went to school in and so people will come into the shop mothers of of girls that I knew there or mm. um teachers even my headmistress came in recently but luckily she didn't recognize me <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to have that conversation yeah um but you can see like just I'm talking about it I get embarrassed about it and I shouldn't yeah. and I really wish that I didn't 
Um, and I, I don't as much as I used to. And it's really something that I try hard to em- embrace and kind of own the fact that that is what I do. Mm. Um, but you do get judged. You do get judged for it. People kind of come in and they give me that look of like, oh, what went wrong in your life? Why are you here? <laughs> and, you know, it's a nice shop. It's not like I'm working in McDonald's. But even if even you were if you working were, in yeah. McDonald's, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's, people don't know the whole story, do they? I think, like you said before, people put so much weight on what we do. It's like the first question mm-hmm. that you get asked when you meet someone new, if you're at some sort of, I don't know, some sort of networking yes, event. Yes, that's the other thing that I was going to say, was that it is, it, it's everything. It's who mm. you are. And it shouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah. It's so, it, it's so true. But it, you're exactly right. You go to a party and the first thing people ask you is, oh, what's your job? Mm-hmm. And it can be phrased in a number of ways, but that's what they mean. Is, is what box do I put you in? Are you someone who's worth my time? Yeah, I know. I've decided that I need to try, stop asking that question because I do it too by, by just, you know, by rote. Yeah, I've tried to transition to more into what do you do? And like, that's still, a, that's still the wrong question. Yeah. But it's kind of less, I'd, I'd kind of mean it to be more vague so that if someone doesn't want to answer with their job, they don't have to, but I would like to find a better question. I... I can't remember where I heard this question. So I'm going to have to try and find it so that I can credit the person who said it. It was either on a podcast <laughs> or in a book somewhere. So I'll put it in the show notes if I find it. But um, the question was, and I'm probably paraphrasing as well, so just making a right mess of this. But <laughs> they were saying that they were talking about um, just this. Oh, do you know who it might have been? It might have been Brooke McCallery. Um, do you know Brooke McCallery? Yes. Yeah. Um, so it might have been her in in her book, um, mm-hmm slow but I've read the book but I've listened to her podcast yeah she's great on slow living isn't she um (laughs) anyway um yeah and it was saying just talking just about that and um the question was instead of saying what do you do it's like what are you interested in right now or like what's what's getting you passionate at the moment like that sort of thing I heard them. Do you have you ever listened to the Minimalist podcast? No, I haven't listened to that one. I've had it um, in my podcast. Like I've, I'm subscribed to it in in my like to listen to thing for ages, but I haven't. It's super good. Every time okay. I listen to it, I'm just going yeah. <laughs> um, but they say the same thing, so they they ask that question too, and I just find that I've tried it a couple of times, and people just give me a really weird yeah, look. I know, that's what I'm <laughs> like. Why of. are you asking me this question? Like, what <laughs> do you mean? Like, do you not mean what's my job? Yeah. <laughs> or people will answer with what their job is. Because they're so, it's so ingrained to be like, I'm blah, blah, and I do this. Yeah, yeah. Because um, it does, it's considered by society to define everything about you. And I just don't think it does. Like, you can be a multifaceted human that has many interests. It's not just what you get paid to do. Yeah, yeah. Or in my case, you don't get paid to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's like, so I, I started out after university, I, I was... Um, wanting to be a theatre maker that's like the main thing that I wanted to do um and I worked in a shop at the same time um four days a week and ran a theatre company whenever anybody asked me what I did I always answered with the shop job um Mm -hmm. like what what do you do for work something I said that because that's the one that paid me and I felt so ashamed that I did that and then I felt like so I'd always I'd always say oh well I work in a shop four days a week and I'd always say it in a really like ashamed way and I'd say but I'm also a theatre maker but that doesn't pay me right now and it's like why why do they even need to know that yeah. yeah it's it's so true there's so there's so I think if you're this if you're kind of an honest person I think there are so many things that you feel kind of obliged to disclose yeah. but actually there are probably loads of other people who don't 
Yes. And I always kind of thought that with job applications as well, is that oh, I was always super yeah. honest and I'd be like, oh, well, they'd ask me in the interview, like, oh, well, can you do this? And I'm like, mm, kind of, but not really. Like, I'd go way too far. I know. And somebody else would be like, yeah, absolutely. I'm great at that. Exactly, Even if they were. Exactly. Other yeah. people just blag it. I know. So I think lots of other people in real life are doing that. Um, and <laughs> yeah. you don't know. But, but yeah, that you do always end up being like, oh, well, you know, I do a bit of this and sort of, you just really undersell yourself. Yeah, I know. I think we must be quite similar in like our personality types in that way because I'm exactly like that. And I always try and remind myself like pretty much every day that everybody is just winging it. Yes, everybody is. Even people who on the face of it look super successful. Yeah. They don't know what they're doing either. Nobody does. No. There is it. no point in life that you reach. And you suddenly know everything. <laughs> no, you don't like suddenly get your congratulations, you're a, you're a grown-up now, you can do all of these things without... No, and, and if you're someone who struggles with kind of any sort of self-doubt, that never goes away, I don't think. No. You can work on it, mm. but no matter how successful you get, it, it doesn't go away. And there's, that's why I said what I said earlier when um, I mentioned that I thought it was dangerous to kind of pin all your hopes and dreams on one thing, is because you get to, one, you get to that point and there's always more. Mm. And it's the same with self-doubt, I think. You, you think, oh, well, when I'm this when I've reached x thing I won't feel it anymore you know I'll feel confident and brave and you know like I belong in this space or or whatever it is you want to feel but you don't I don't think I I don't think it really ever goes away and and you kind of forget that actually everyone is dealing with that or to some extent (laughs) yeah and I think the only way really we can feel confident and brave or you know whatever it is is by that feeling coming from in inside ourselves mm-hmm. is we, we always we look to external stuff for validation it's like oh when I get this many Instagram followers I'll feel like I'm successful in my business or yeah you know whatever it is and I think it all comes down to really just looking inside and at our values and and all of that and and that's why I think living a slower life and and being more mindful and aware of those things can help us with that yeah um, I, I totally agree because it's it's the same with this idea of working in the shop and feeling embarrassed about it not that I do like not that I try I try to not anymore um but feeling like maybe I should have been I should be doing more Mm. um it's the it's the same kind of thing um that you just no one can change that feeling for you except you people aren't going to stop coming in and giving you the judgmental looks um so you have to do it for yourself and and it's exactly the same the same kind of thing as you were just saying is is that you have to work quite hard I think on that you have to make the choice Mm. um you're not going to get the external validation that we all in some way look for with things um through that kind of work because because at the moment sadly that just isn't the way the world is no one's going to be like oh congratulations you've really made it with your life yeah nobody cares (laughs) nobody cares (laughs) um they're they're not going to say that so you have to tell it tell it to yourself yes absolutely and Um, that's a lot easier said yeah I was gonna say um it's a lot easier said than done but I think it does come back to the concept of being happy or content is Mm. that if you if that that's what I tell myself anyway is that any situation where I I question it I think but am I happy and if Mm. the answer is yes then that's good enough for me Mm. you know that I don't don't need someone else to come and give me a prize or a clock (laughs) or a pen I I can as long as I go to bed at night and feel like I'm doing the right thing yeah that's what I keep telling myself over and over again yeah it really, it really what, is, yeah it's what matters yeah that's what matters yeah yeah 
So I think I really like what's come up quite a few times in our conversation is this idea that it's not easy. Um, And I think that's really important because I think sometimes the image of slow living or living a more mindful life or whatever, whatever you want to call it, can look really lovely, especially if you browse on like slow living hashtags on Instagram, which are beautiful. Mm -hmm. But it can look like it's this really lovely, easy life. And it's definitely not easy like from my experience it's not been easy to make changes in that direction and and from what you've been saying it's it's been hard as well and then it's got all those challenges with it with how society kind of perceives the choices that we make so yes yeah preach (laughs) yeah (laughs) I totally agree um Um, I I was it's funny you should mention that because I've been mulling over kind of trying to write a blog post about this for a while but I haven't really been able to put it into words so maybe this will help me (laughs) yeah maybe good um but it's not easy um, there are sacrifices that you have to make. There are times when you are stressed or you are tired and you are still busy. You know, it's mm-hmm. not just all flouncing around your kitchen <laughs> with your house looking like a page out of kinfolk. It's just not like that. Um, and I really hope that anything I put online doesn't make it seem like it is. Like I really wouldn't mm. want to contribute to that because I think there's enough of that already, especially on Instagram, mm. um, where people just aren't honest about what's going on behind the scenes Mm. of their life you know it's not all just baking and picking flowers that's just not real life (laughs) yeah I think that's really damaging for people yeah to be consuming that kind of content um you know it's a lovely escape and it's nice to look at but don't take it at face value because it's it's not real yeah yeah yeah. if that's what you're aspiring to in life then then good luck (laughs) (laughs) yeah because it's another one of those magical things that you're just probably unlikely to be able to achieve unless you're a millionaire yeah and then it becomes another thing to beat yourself with that you're not achieving that Um, yes um but to do the work that you love um as I said earlier maybe you do have to make sacrifices financially um I know Mm. there are a lot of people that do the kind of things that um I say we, but people on Instagram the kind of coaches (laughs) bloggers instagrammers that kind of thing do that work and they do get really well paid for it but there are also people who are just starting out and you don't just go from a to b overnight no um (laughs) you know lots of people are very successful very quickly but sometimes you're not and um it does take hard work and to do that to take a step back from the normal nine to five job in the office um you know with the long hours and the stress but the good salary it's a choice and and it it isn't it was easy for me in terms of knowing what I wanted for myself but in terms of for my finances and being able to pay the bills yeah it's not an easy choice it's a scary choice for sure yeah Um, and it sometimes is a little too close to the bone (laughs) yeah um but that's I can't moan about it because it was my choice Mm. you know I could go back to an office job tomorrow if I wanted to um I mean no one might have me, but, <laughs> but, but hypothetically, I yeah. could reapply to a, a job tomorrow yeah. and I could go back having that paycheck, but I don't want everything that comes with it. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. Um, but I think lots of people, I get comments sometimes online from people who are totally well-meaning and they don't mean it in a nasty way, but they'll say something like, oh, you're so lucky. And I'm like, mm, I get what you mean. And yes, I am lucky in many ways in my life, but the fact that I have the time to do X or Y it whatever thing it is that they're saying I'm lucky it's not luck I made that choice yeah and I work really hard behind the scenes to allow me to do those things yeah it's 
and cool. and yeah it's not it's not just finances I guess it's it's lots of lots of things like I think the main thing that I wanted to put in this blog post that I haven't yet written was about the retreat and about mm. it was a wonderful weekend and it was amazing but I worked so hard yeah. <laughs> um during it and before it um so many long hours so much stress that I would really like to say it didn't happen but it, it wouldn't be honest if I didn't say mm. that it was stressful um and stressful doesn't mean not enjoyable I think people kind of think they're polar polar opposites that can't exist together yeah but I was stressed and I was busy and I was tired but I loved every minute of it but it was hard Mm. And it didn't just all miraculously appear overnight because I have some crazy magical talents that mean I can do these things with no effort. <laughs> it, it took a lot of effort. Um, but I think the kind of the aesthetic of beautiful things and the concept of slow living does often get put in that same category as easy. Yeah, I think it's about having a balance, isn't it? Because it's like the aesthetic is lovely and it's nice to draw people in, especially on a platform like Instagram where people are looking mm. at the images. But I do think you're right and it's important to have the honesty, maybe not in every post or, but maybe it's like some captions with your post, you share the real story or, or whatever. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, cause it's, it's a nice aesthetic and definitely I think living a slower life feels better to me. Mm-hmm. It feels better for my mind and my body and it's more enjoyable because I'm appreciating more things and like you're taking that time to focus on what makes you content and all of that. Mm-hmm. But, just like you say, it doesn't mean you're not going to get stressed. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't mean you're not still human. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think often from my perspective and from what I've seen of other people who kind of fall into the sort of slow living bracket, mm. um, the choices they make about their lives in terms of living more purposefully translate to having more aesthetically pleasing things if that makes sense because your home is filled with things that have been chosen very selectively yeah um or you know you buy your food from the farmer's market rather than tesco or Mm. i don't know it it kind of leads to you having chosen everything that surrounds you very in a very considered way Mm. and that kind of automatically leads to that aesthetic because people are they work with beauty in mind almost. Um, mm. And it it's not necessarily people showing off or deliberately trying to force, mm. that, force themselves to present themselves in a certain way. It's just that that is how they genuinely live and the thing that it's the things that they choose. Yeah. Um, so I think there's kind of a bit of that as well that it, sometimes people would criticise um others for what they present and saying they're not honest but actually it it is you know in my in my house I don't have anything that I don't to quote William Morris think is useful or beautiful yeah yeah and that just is the way it is for me it's not a it's not a you know conscious decision it just that's how I live my life mm-hmm. and so I do present it in a certain way but you're totally right when you say that um to go with that there have to be the honest words and the caption mm. is is where it's at I think in terms of you can still say you had a bad day you know you can take yeah. a picture of a lovely thing yeah but you can still you can still be having a rough time yeah. <laughs> and it's be honest about it such a lovely way to put it that idea that that's how people live with beauty in mind I really really like that um because I think it's definitely right it's like 
once you start tapping into what you value, mm-hmm. all the stuff that you surround yourself with, it, it has that, it's like it's charged up in an extra special way or something. Yes. No, I, I totally, I totally agree there. I, I just, I, to me, I can't see the point of having something in my house if I'm not going to look at it and think, I love that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just, it really winds me up when I walk, I was talking to Jack, my husband, about this the other day, actually. I was saying that, why, why do people go to Ikea and buy their artwork? Like, I'm not, <laughs> if you do, I'm not judging you. <laughs> I just don't understand it. Maybe um, some people find the artwork in Ikea very beautiful. Well, that, but <laughs> it's the kind of the concept that, they're all it's all kind of mass produced yeah stuff that I just I, I don't understand to me everything in my house has to have some kind of meaning I think mm. and and I don't I don't know I just it's the kind of the hotel sort of vibe where everything is the same like I have Ikea things in my home of course I do everyone does <laughs> <laughs> but um it's just the artwork specifically I have a problem with for just, some reason just the specific artwork I know what you mean though it's like I mean, I've I've got a real desire to gradually replace all of my um, crockery with, um, you know, lovely handmade ceramics, which yes. makes me sound like, oh, I just want this aesthetic. But it's not about that. It's just about no, them being I'm made. The same. Yeah, with by, by hand and collecting them from certain places and and stuff. Like I've got a mug that uh, I got on on a holiday in America, and like you know, every time I hold it, it reminds me of of that. Yeah. And just, yes. Yeah. Um, to, but to me, that's a huge part of what slow living or whatever you want to call it is. Mm. It, it's that every aspect of your day, everything that you do, everything that you own has meaning. Mm. And you mm. take the time to consider those things. So when you have your breakfast, it is the experience of holding that mug and remembering that trip um, and feeling happy mm. um, because of that. And and suddenly breakfast isn't just breakfast. Like I'm not. This makes my life sound like kind of Cinderella, where I'm going around <laughs> with birds tweeting and things. But it's not like that. It's just. It's really simple. It's not. It's not this kind of overwhelming, yeah. miraculous thing. It hasn't. You know, it doesn't change your life, and that you're suddenly. You know, everything is amazing. It's just a simple act of of having your breakfast and thinking. Oh yeah, I remember when I bought that, and mm. I love this thing. Instead of having it out of, out of something that you just bought from the supermarket or from Ikea or from wherever, either just because that's what everyone else has or because you, I don't know, just didn't care. Yeah, it was easy or, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. just didn't, you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't mind, you know, yeah. but, but I think actually everyone probably does really mind. Um, yeah, deep down. Yeah, everyone surely would rather have something that they really love rather than just an off-the-peg thing Mm. I don't Um, know (laughs) I mean and obviously there are financial considerations that come for people who simply can't afford to buy the handmade ceramics you know like you know I can't afford the handmade ceramics right now I'm happy with just the one that I could afford I have a a collection that I am very slowly building but exactly I I still have the Ikea balls too (laughs) yeah so I just don't like to use them (laughs) yeah yeah just scorn them um they just sit in the cupboard and I think oh I'll only have to I'll only use you if I really have run out of balls (laughs) yeah um but it's a journey isn't it I think that's the thing to appreciate as well is that it yes you can't you can't transform your life to look like slow living or you know to be whatever you want to call that you can't do that in a day or a week or no and it it shouldn't look like anyone else's life either you shouldn't be basing it on what you see on instagram you know like of course use that as inspiration and if you see something you love then that's what you love 
but it, you shouldn't be designing your life to be like someone else's. It, it should become what you want it yeah. to be based on your own feelings and your own circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but people do come into the shop where I work actually and they say exactly what you said earlier that they want to kind of throw out all their stuff and replace it with things from, <laughs> from our shop. <laughs> um, but I'm always saying to people, you know, it's a slow, it's a slow thing. Don't do that. Um, it's the same with um, kind of sustainable living or ethical living is that people feel obliged to suddenly get rid of everything in their house yeah, and be better, you know, yeah, by, yeah. by doing everything all at once. And it's just not sustainable. And, and if you do that, um, you will either be in a mess financially or you will just burn yourself out and you'll, you'll be fed up of it before you started because it's too much. It's too much work. Mm. Um, so you do have to just take it a step at a time and don't beat yourself up because, things aren't perfect because then they're, they're never going to be perfect really no. um and and it's just yeah little by little you'll you'll create the the home you love the life you love or or whatever it is you're trying to do well that sounds like a little advert that does so <laughs> <laughs> like perfectly put little sentence that um, um i've got one final question for you it's a two-part question it's the one that i'm asking all of my guests um mm-hmm. and so it's um what one big change, so sort of dreaming big in an ideal scenario, what one big change would you love to see people making towards um, more purposeful and holistic living? And then the second part of that is, and what small changes could people make right now towards that? Oh, man, I have so many answers to this question. <laughs> um, if I had to pick one thing, mm-hmm. I think I would say do what you love. Mm-hmm. Um, which is very vague and can be, can be applicable to lots of things, I guess. But uh, to me, the one thing that's made a massive difference to my life is, is I guess, I guess I mean in terms of work, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, because that sort of plays a huge part in all of our lives inescapably. Yeah. Um, but not being scared to go against the grain and walk away from the the stereotypical expectations of us um, mm. and focus on trying to find out what is it that would make you happy, you know, to wake up every day and do what's the work that that would make you feel fulfilled, content, um, at peace with yourself and what you're doing. Um, and how can you do that? Yeah, a small change right now, you know, because <laughs> sometimes I think that we always have these big dreams of, of what you just said, which is wonderful and amazing. And then people don't do it because it's too big. Yep. I totally agree. Um, it's hard. I think you do have to take it a bit at a time. Mm. Um, and I think writing is helpful to start with, you know, really making the time to sit down and get it all out. Like your mm. thoughts, your feelings, like there are lots of really helpful journals mm-hmm. Um, in terms of kind of, you know, goals journals or dreams journals mm-hmm. or lots, there are lots out there, um, but they do, they do help. They kind of give a structure, I think, to trying to get the ideas out because so often I think people just think that they're, they know that they're not happy, but, mm. and they know that they have this big idea, like, like we just said, but they don't know how to, to get there. Yeah. And that's what these kind of, these journals have been really helpful for me with is is breaking it down into stepping stones yeah um to see how what you could do right now that might be helpful yeah 
Um, and then I think talking to people, surrounding yourself with the right people, you know, people who are going to encourage you mm-hmm. rather than tell you that you're being silly. Mm-hmm. Um, to just make sure that you have a support network of people that are going to, you know, really be with you on that, on that journey without judging you or, or kind of questioning you too much. You know, they're going to support you and, and question you at the right times when it matters. Mm. Um, but not just shut you down without really hearing you because they don't agree with what you're doing, which yeah. often comes, I think, out of a place of fear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, of, of the unknown and maybe actually they would like to do something like that too, but they haven't got to the place where they yeah. feel brave enough to do it. Definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of that, I think. Yeah. And, um, and I think Instagram is the place to find those people. Oh, Instagram. Yeah. If you don't have any in your life, <laughs> come find me and Yay. I will be cheerleader. <laughs> yeah. Find Maddie. Can community. Find me. I guess that's, that's what I'm yeah. trying to say is find a community yeah, um, of people who see the world like you do and, and it will all look much better. <laughs> It's so true. It is definitely true. Um, thank you so much for chatting to me today, Maddie. It's been really, really lovely. I feel like I could chat to you for ages, but I think yeah. we should probably <laughs> wrap it up um, so that people can get on with the cleaning that they stopped doing. Yeah, yeah. We've got you everyone know. frozen so, waiting yeah. to get on with their day. <laughs> yeah. Um, so where can people find you online if they want to find out more? Instagram, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm at a slow adventure with underscores under... Mm-hmm. Uh, between every word mm-hmm. um a slowadventure.com is my website where you can find out about my retreats and read my very occasional blog posts <laughs> um i do have twitter but i don't really ever use it yeah uh, and i have a facebook group called the slow adventure club if you want to join that too mm, fun and there we have it the end of season one of create shift As always, you can find all the links and resources mentioned in today's episode in the show notes at being-change.com. I want to thank you again for taking the time to listen to this first series of the podcast. I really hope that you've enjoyed it and found it supportive for you on your journey. Of course, if you did enjoy it, I would be so grateful if you could leave a rating or review as this helps other people to find the show. And I would really love as many people as possible to be able to be inspired and supported by these conversations. So share it with your friends, share it with your family, leave a rating and review, and I will see you for season two, which will be coming towards the end of March. In the meantime, if you want to connect, you can find me on Instagram at being underscore change. And I'd love to chat to you over there.